The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on a Tuesday. Got a lot of things to cover this hour, specifically about Utah State basketball. The Aggies take it on San Jose State Spartans tonight. It's a late one. It's a 9 o'clock tip tonight in the spectrum. So, uh, yes, it is a weeknight. It's going to be hard for kids to make it there because you got school tomorrow. you got work tomorrow. But... It is the last home game for these, uh, we'll call them graduates, <laughs> because you have a couple of seniors, uh, and then you've got uh, somebody who's not a senior by eligibility, but he's going to be graduating and moving on. Uh, so Sam Merrill, Diogo Brito, Roche Groupfam, and Abel Porter. This will be their last home game for the Utah State Aggies. We anticipate that to be the case. The only way it would not be that way is if for some reason USU misses out on the NCAA tournament and goes to the NIT. But let's let's hope that doesn't happen. We want to go to the NCAA. So this is going to be the last home game to see these guys and to send them out properly. And uh, uh, Ajay, obviously some of these guys have had a little more illustrious careers in an Aggie uniform than, than others have, but all have played a role in Utah State's success. Uh, certainly Sam Merrill stands out foremost among them, but uh, they've all played their roles to help this Utah State basketball team. It's interesting that each of them have their own tale. Each of them have their own story and their own journey of how they're here at USU. You know, Rose Chase is, is somewhat bittersweet. I mean, he had some talent, and then he had that serious knee injury, and, uh, you know, the Coach Smith, he talked about in his press conference yesterday, he wanted to honor... Uh, the deal that they had made with Roche and bring him back, and he because he said that was the right thing to do. Uh, and then, of course, as you already mentioned, Sam Merrill, Sam Merrill, right? One of the greatest to ever put on the Aggie jersey and shorts and go onto the floor and and play the game of basketball, at least in the spectrum. He's what he's meant to the program, what he's meant to the team. Um, is is just it? You can't explain it. You can't emphasize enough. Um. I, how appreciative everybody should be. What everybody thought of J.C. Carroll, they should think of Sam Merrill. I think is the best way to put it. And Good Abel and, and and Diogo Brito, uh, you know, had uh, you know he played in that for uh, Tim Durie's second year. Played a ton of minutes. Uh, you know, was was young, was learning, a little immaturity there. But then by I mean now here he is on a senior year, and it's just he's. He's grasped everything he needed to become a great basketball player uh, for Utah State. Defensively, he gets at it. He's 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 emotional. He's electrically just charged on the court. Right. Uh, he's he's an animal. And then of course Abel Porter. What a story that is. He went goes from no minutes and a walk on to a starter hitting a game winning three at New Mexico, and then getting a scholarship. I guess getting the scholarship before that. The week of, and then hitting game winning three, and now he's still here, starting uh, starting his final game of the Spectrum, and uh, he's not a senior, he's a junior, but he's already got his master's degree completed, or he will complete his master's degree by the end of the semester. Um, he posted on his Instagram that uh, him and his 
beautiful wife are going to be expecting a little girl in uh, so I believe I believe in the summer and uh, and he's he's going to be moving on with life and being a father and and all the the responsibilities and the duties that takes on as well. So uh, I, I I just I, like you mentioned a great group and um there there will be it will be emotional it will be for me it will be emotional I don't know if you get emotional about these things I do because I used to watch Sam Merrill I loved watching Sam Merrill you know I loved watching that kid play basketball and I fell in love with watching Sam Merrill in fact I was talking to um to Craig Smith today and I said I know I'm media but I I feel like I have a connection to Sam Merrill just watching him play and he says it doesn't matter if you're media it doesn't matter if you're five years old 20 years old 80 years old a fan, a coach, a player, a staff member, you build a connection watching these players play the game because that's you, you that's your guy. That's when you watch him go to the hoop, you know, and he and he gets fouled and you're screaming at the ref or you want to or when uh you know when he's about to do something historic. You know, that's that that's a part of you. And that's what Sam's been able to do. And that's what these players been able to do is is bring a connection with them. From fans to players to staff members, and uh, it, it's going to be an emotional night. It's going to be an emotional night for sure. Uh, yeah, each one, as you as you stated, I thought it was great. Just the they had their own roles that they played, uh, how they've all contributed in different ways, um, and you know, there's certain times you look at certain teams and think, man, that was so great. That's such great character, guys. A great team as a whole. Great coach. How uh, how they how's it ever going to be replicated? <laughs> but you know what? It sometimes it, it isn't right away. It sometimes it takes some time for that next great team to come along. But these guys have been a, a part of some real tremendous stories for Utah State, as you said. Some some game winning shots, some last second heroics, uh, getting the team back into the NCAA tournament where they hadn't been for a while, uh, winning a conference title. And uh, winning the regular season and the tournament in the Mountain West, so uh, things that uh, were accomplished last year hadn't been done ever before. And so they're trying to still be a successful program and and uh, get a run at it again. So it's this season had it's had a few little ups and downs here and there in January mostly, but uh, this is a team that I feel AJ is really hitting its stride. They seem to be healthy. They seem to be dialed in. Their defense is on point, and uh, most of the guys are where they need to be. Not all of them, but most of them are where they need to be at this point of the season. Uh, San Jose, I don't think, really poses that much of a threat to Utah State tonight. They should be able to handle the Spartans, but this is, again, one of those that they can't lose. They're in that position where they don't have any must-win games. They have can't-lose games. Which is actually harder. Yeah, that's even more difficult. Yeah, that's even more difficult. And but you're right. You know they've got some scores on their team. Seneca Knight's one of those. He's a very good basketball player, uh, very quick and athletic. They have four really good shooters who are all in their starting lineup. And then there's a major, major drop off on the bench, which has really been the key to why they've struggled so much. Their starters have kept them in the game. You put in the bench, Jazz. Are you listening? And things just go to crap. And that's been kind of the case for San Jose State. Uh, and it, it, what's crazy, Eric, these guys haven't seen each other since December. December is the last time they played against each other. And uh, Utah State got out of there with a win. It was a scrappy win. San Jose State was a good, it, it's a good basketball team. 
but uh, I'm just trying to look at the last time on on those numbers. Um, well, I kind of feel like San Jose was a more scrappy team earlier in conference play than they have been more recently. Sure. Fair enough. Uh, it was a uh, 71-59 win. Uh, in fact, the Utah State just led by three and a half. Bean was 9 of 15 from the field in 37 minutes. He had 18 points, 14 boards. I mean, he just didn't play. And that's the other thing. You look at the like the lineups from then and now, and they are different. The rotations are different. Kuba and Nemish didn't play in this game. Sam Merrill wasn't fully healthy. And uh, Justin Bede carried most of the yeah, load. Yeah, Justin Bede was ca- the load. carrying the load during that time. And this was uh, December 4th. Holy cow. Yeah, so the only guys who really got minutes were Bean, Dorius got 13, Sam, Abel, Miller, Berstow, and Anderson had 25. Berstow only played six. Diogo played 23. Uh, that was a that was a good period of time for Alfonso Anderson. Yes, that was. An he was upswing. playing great minutes for USU. Yeah. He had he was a big contributor off the bench. He was doing a good job defensively. He was an offensive weapon. Uh, he had he's had a stretch where that's kind of gone away a little bit. Uh, for them to have a great Mountain West Conference tournament, he needs to rediscover that. How do we get him to rediscover again? Well, like, I think he's happened, starting man? to come back. Yeah, I, I think he's starting to get there. But he was also I mean, they they really needed him to do that back then because there was no Namish, there was no Kuba. And so they really needed that presence in the low post, and that's what he was able to do. Uh, I think with Namias back on the court, with Kuba back and Doris back, I don't think this game should be close. This should be a runaway for Utah State tonight. I like Utah State. Uh, what, do you know what the spread is yet? Have they posted that? Uh, I know I shouldn't sure care. I can see it. Because we do not promote gambling, but we are curious about what the spread looks like. Purely for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> hey, by the way, Justin Bean, I was talking to Cal Cotton. Oh. What is it? It'll keep going. Okay. You, you continue. So I, I, I was talking to Justin Bean, or not Justin Bean, uh, Cal Cotton, the SID at Utah State, does a great, great, great job with men's basketball. Uh, and he had mentioned that Bean is uh, close to getting 300 rebounds. And he'd be only the 15th player in USU basketball history to do it. The last one was Namish Keta last year, who had 312. But Bean's quickly in approaching that, and it looks like he'll get it by the end of the week. Awesome. Good for him. Okay, so spread. Can I, can I take a stab at this? Yeah. Utah State, 15. Keep going. Up. No. 21? Keep going. No way. You're close, but keep going. 24? 22 and a half. Oh, how is Wyoming only 21 then? You know what else is weird? Huh? Nevada is only favored by eight tonight at Wyoming. Yeah. I, I don't get that one. Yeah. Let me, let me put down some Skittles for <laughs> yeah. that. Put down the body. I put down a lot of tropical Skittles for it. Uh, then there's one other Mountain West game tonight. Is, San Diego hosting Colorado State. When's the Boise? Is Boise State play UNLV? Is that this Saturday then? That's a game I want to watch. That's the game that's I'm really on, looking forward to. That's tomorrow to. night. That's tomorrow night? Yeah. That's right. It's Tuesday. 9 o'clock on CBS. Oh, Sports I'm Network. watching that one. That's one I'm going to keep my eyes on. That's going to be a 
physical, drag-out, slobber-knocker game. I can't wait for that. UNLV early line there is favored by three. So, Eric, uh, 22.5, Utah State cover? Uh, I'd, that's, a, that's a lot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, too. You know what I want to see tonight is Sam just go full-out Kobe Bryant final game of the year mode. Final game of his career, right? Like when Kobe... It, well, it turned, it, in the spectrum. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, okay. What I'm saying, like Kobe Bryant, his final game against the Jazz, like just took 60 shots, whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, and just whatever. Now, Sam's not going to do that. But I want to see Sam... You know what? Oh, you're saying you double to me? I'm just going to pull it from three right here. I'm going to drive in, and I'm just going to go to the hoop. I don't care if Brock Miller is open because me going to the hoop versus a double team is better than Brock Miller with a wide-open three. So I'm going to go to the hoop against a double team. I want to see Sam be selfish. Give me selfish Sam tonight. I'm asking you to go Kobe Bryant and just do it. Go get yours. Kobe Bryant. Sam Merrill is 49 points away from tying Greg Grant, 50 from passing him. Yeah, definitely go full Sam Merrill, full selfish Sam tonight. Go get fifty, even if it takes you fifty shots. Who cares? Go get it. I I I'd like to see Sam pass Greg Grant before the postseason, before the Mountain West tournament. So he'd have to average twenty five in his last two. Interesting. Which is doable. The pace that he's been on lately, it's doable. John Russell, Aggie struggled early because of the emotional high. Understandable, but settled down in the second half and cover spread. Set me a line of the attendance tonight. Ooh. Senior night, honoring Sam, Diogo, Abel, Roche. Nine o'clock game on a Tuesday night. Give me a line. Let's go over under on it. 6,500. Oh, fetch. That's a good line. I was hoping you go higher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over? I'm thinking 75? Maybe 78? Hmm. I know that's really optimistic. Extremely optimistic. But I'm just hoping that people understand what they're able to witness. And, 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 and by the way, okay, I mean, look, we got Abel, Roche, Diogo, and Sam. This might be, who knows, and I'm not trying to give any breaking news, so everybody just calm the fetch down. One other player might be playing his final game in an Aggie uniform. Say that again? One other Aggie might be playing his final, or I guess, his final home game in an Aggie uniform. Oh, well. Yes. Well, you know what? That's easy to say. You could say that for any basketball team in America right now. There's so many transfers and people who leave for various reasons. Yeah, but Namiya Keta is going to, I mean, come on. But you're right. There's a there's another reason why you, that statement is made. It's because there's one who could be leaving early to go to the NBA. NBA. So, But that's what I'm saying. Look, you're looking at a guy who's one of the top 10 big men 
Sorry, he's he's probably number one or two big men in the conference. He's top ten big men in the country when he's healthy. Like that's this kid's special, and we're not we're not guaranteed to see him back next year. We don't know what the future holds. No idea. Good point. And I'm not sure we see somebody like him at his size and his position here at Utah State for who knows how long. What happens? Yeah, special player. Uh, that's a great point. But I will say this, and, and I know Namish is not listening. I will say this. If Namish comes back next year, and I know you don't have number five, I know you don't have Abel or Diogo, but Marco Anthony and Liam McChesney are the real freaking deal. I have seen them play. I am telling you now, full confidence, those two guys are studs. You put them out there, a guy who's a transfer from Virginia, and Liam McChesney, who's just up. I mean, this, this freshman's going to be t- turning some heads. And then you get Sean Barristow out there. Uh, you Justin get, Bean will be Justin back. Justin Bean comes back. Trevin Dorius will be, uh, will be back. Kuba's coming back. Like, you, you put that team together next year, Eric. And Eric Bischoff. I mean, they've got some... Is it Eric Bischoff? I think I just named a WWE manager. Uh, Bischoff is his last name, though. But you put that group together, watch out. They're going to be good. I just, I mean, look, Namish, if you're thinking about it, just know that you got talent coming back next year, and uh, some guys are going to are gonna help you out and make you look like an All-American. That's a great point. I just, I, I, it's a really good I point. hope he comes back just for that. I want to see it. I want to see him with this younger talent. And I'm, I'm telling you, Liam is going to be special, Eric. I, I promise you that. Marco Anthony's a transfer from Virginia Cavaliers. Enough said. Sean Barristow is playing a lot of minutes at a young age. He's, he's, he's figuring it out. Dorius and Kuba and Bischoff. I, and Bischoff is a shooter. I mean, spreading the court, shooter. I, I, yeah. I take it. I'd be okay with uh, Namish coming back. <laughs> if him and Bean, when like Namish is healthy and him and Bean are on the court together, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's going to be fun. That'll be fun. Great points. A lot of great talent coming back for Utah State. Even though we, we focus on those that are leaving, there's a lot of great talent coming back. Uh, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, we'll hear from Craig Smith himself. To preview San Jose, some of his thoughts about the graduates that are leaving. Maybe that's a better way to put it, rather than just calling them seniors. The players that won't be here next year. Uh, the four that are going to be honored tonight. We'll hear his thoughts on them. Uh, also, a little bit later on, we get into our stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. It's all coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press rolled it on here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Remember, if you miss any of our past episodes, you can go to our website, 1069thefan.com. See our old podcasts for different shows. Or subscribe wherever podcasts 
are published, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. Uh, just uh, search Full Court Press, search my name, search Ajay's name, and uh, you'll be able to find it. You can subscribe to our podcast. Uh, and it's also where you can find the comments from Coach Craig Smith. Uh, he previewed San Jose State and talked about uh, the senior night, uh, about uh, some of the guys that were maybe the last time in an Aggie uniform. Sam Merrill, um, Abel Porter, Joe Gobrito, Roche Group Fam. Those we know for sure will not be coming back next year. As we discussed, there may be others who don't come back because of opportunities to go to the NBA or you know, transfers or whatever. We don't know. But anyway, it's the last home game of the regular season for the Yankees, so hopefully there's a good crowd there for them. Game starts at 9. Uh, we'll have uh, pregame coverage on our sister station, KVNU, starting at 8, a full one-hour pregame. And then you can watch the game on ESPN2 tonight if, uh, if you're not going to make it to the game. And even though it's a late night, Al Lewis and John Russell will break it down after the fact and take your calls and your comments after the game is concluded. But uh, here's some of the comments from uh, Coach Craig Smith uh, previewing San Jose State and the matchups tonight for senior night in the Spectrum. Well, San Jose is a very dangerous team, and, and uh, they got some guys that can really put the ball in the hole. And uh, They have three guys that have scored over 30 in a game this year, and Seneca Knight is playing outstanding, coming off a 37-point performance against Colorado State. And you get another game with 31 and another game with, I believe, 30. So, um, And he's got great size, great length, and he's super aggressive. So got to really be on point. They, they can really get it going. They shoot a lot of threes. Um, uh, and then just uh, play on attack downhill. So um, going to have to really guard the ball, see a ton of different types of screen roll all night long. And, and uh, like, they like to get out in transition. So that'll be a, a premium, our tra- transition defense. And should be an exciting night. You know, it's the last game in the spectrum of the year. And certainly, um, like we told the guys in practice, uh, you know, how many senior nights do you get in your career? And uh, most of the time, it's only one. And so, um, and we have four wonderful seniors and Roche and Diogo and Abel and, and, and of course, Sam. So hopefully we'll get a great crowd. I know it's a late night game, but um, hopefully the Spectrum will be rocking. Just quickly about San Jose. It's been, I counted, 83 days since you played them. That's yeah. like almost three months. I mean, are they, they look like they're starting a smaller team most of the time lately. I mean, but they got to be a whole lot different. Yeah, it's been, uh, I think we played them in game nine, if I'm not mistaken, and now it's game 30. So um, it's a different deal, you know, almost three months, almost three months ago, which is, um, I'm not sure I've ever been in that situation. But watch the game, our game at their place last year. We're such a different team. Um, we were really, really beat up at that time. Kata, of course, wasn't playing. Cuba uh, was not playing at that time, and, and it's just amazing how different we look, and they look different too. You know, going into that game, they were playing really big all the time. In our game, they they started big, but they made the change about five minutes in the game, and they played a lot smaller. But they are playing um, a lot smaller all the way around. We're certainly going to see way more. At that time, they were doing more high-low stuff. Now we they spread the ball, they spread the floor a lot more, and do a lot more pick and roll. So. Um, so it is. It's two very different teams. You watch the game to get a feel of how they tried to attack us, or what we did that was successful. But um, but you also got to be realistic because they're playing some different players as well, um, as are we. Well, 
and while uh, the the Seneca is uh, twelve last twelve games is averaged twenty three. So that's about as good as anybody at least going to the ball. Uh, he's a, he's a really good player, and at six six one ninety, like he just he's a handful. He can do so many different things, and and he can really get it a home. I mean, you don't score thirty seven by accident. Like you gotta in Mountain West Conference play. If you're scoring thirty seven, you can you're definitely doing some things right. But Bray Ivy's a guy that can really get it going as well. Um, Richard Washington is another guy that he starts. He's a lefty, and he just kind of does a lot of different things. But he's a guy that. You know, he makes one, and two and three are coming um, quickly behind that. So they put a lot of pressure on you, and they're a very athletic team. Uh, I think they had nine blocks uh, when we played at their place. I think they had nine block shots. And so um, they come to the ball, they flow hard to it, and um, they can really make a mess out of the paint. Coach, when you haven't seen a team in this long, can you go back to that previous game's film in December, or do you just wash that away because it's totally different now? Well, it's definitely different, but there's certainly some things you can look at that we were maybe we were effective with this or this we sucked at this, uh, and I would say the same the other way. You can look at some matchups. Maybe, you know, maybe um, maybe one of our guys really struggled guarding one of their guys, or vice versa. You know, and and so there's there's definitely some things you can always learn from or see maybe, um, but at the same time, it is different teams. They do some things a lot better now. Um, but so do we too and so the different part is, is I feel like we are very different um, um, just because you, when you don't have an all-league guy you know in the middle anchoring you on both sides like it's just it's a different and, and, and not having Kuba too and Kuba's starting to play a little bit more for us so it is um, there's some yin and yang but but I always do like watching even even um, the first time around I love watching last year's games Right, just to get a feel with some things and how they try to do some things. Yeah, same coach, especially, and 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 some of the same personnel. What uh, is it good for the league to have had San Diego State lose? I don't know. Um, um, it's hard to go undefeated, you know, and and I mean it's incredible that they went this long. Quite frankly, I mean I don't know when the last time it's someone went this uh, was close. it. Indiana. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, total. But I'm saying even this, even this late, late, like yeah. I just well, we had I don't somebody went to the, what was it Gonzaga or somebody Gonzaga, the championship right. game a couple yeah. years ago and lost. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's good for the league. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it probably gives everyone a little bit of hope. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you, but listen, UNLV is like don't look at that record. Like they are. We all saw them up close and personal twice. <laughs> They're incredibly athletic. Uh, and they, you know, they've gotten a little bit of a shot in the arm too. With um, the, the 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 grad transfer from Texas coming back, makes them look like a whole different team. And you know, you guys know it's a five month, well, it's a six month season, five months of playing games, and you have the ebbs and flows and injuries and this, that, and the other. And you can pretend like you you can pretend like you want that injuries don't matter. It makes a huge difference when it's the right guys, and that guy can play. And that gives them a whole different dimension. So, and they only lost by four at home to them. But San Diego State's very, very good. You just go through ups and downs of the season where you where you shoot it very, very well, and then you have some times where you're not shooting it as well. And that's just the cycle of of the season. And so, you obviously at the end of the year you want to be playing your best basketball. But I have a feeling that they're going to bounce back uh, and be just fine. You honor your seniors, I guess, before the game a little bit. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll honor them before the game, right when the clock, the warm-up clock hits zero, and 
and it's exciting because um, hopefully they'll be able to have all their family back. I know Diogo's mom and dad made their first trip to the States and wa have watched a few. They were at our last game against Wyoming, and they've been in every practicing, you know, given do what my parents do, telling them, why aren't you playing Diogo more? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, what a great moment for them. Those, those four guys are just fantastic people, um, have done everything above and beyond um, what we've asked and just certainly uh, personify Aggie basketball in so many ways and just class acts off the floor, on the floor. Um, I'm going to miss those guys. They're just un unbelievable people and, and certainly fantastic players. Well, Coach, they talk about the relationship with you, and they act like they've known you forever, and it's only your second year here, and they brag about the relationship with you. Do you get emotional? Because you wear your emotions on your sleeve. <laughs> Do you see yourself getting emotional tomorrow night before the game at all? Oh, I'm sure it'll happen. I'm trying to fight it back right now, um, quite frankly. Um, that's why I'm staring at the floor <laughs> and not you guys because, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um haven't even been here two years yet, and it does feel like a, a lot longer, but in a great way. Um, what those guys have been able to do, and it's tough. You go through coaching changes. It's very, very difficult. Like, it's very difficult for those guys. And all four of those guys, you know, obviously the, you know, Stu Morrill recruited Sam. And and then, you know, this is, so he's recruited by one head coach and then played for two, and you don't know. And I give those guys so much credit. Um you know, Roche, it was a little bit different because the old staff signed that him early and then he has his knee injury and we could have easily cut cut the cut the cord, so to speak, but we were going to honor that commitment because that's the right right thing to do, obviously, with the knee, but those other two, three guys could have probably looked to go out elsewhere, you know, and, and to stick it out and be all in. Um, that's a tough thing to do, but we've they've been through a lot. We've all... You know, the whole thing, when you watch your kids grow up, you know, first you see them, well, I don't want to say crawl, first they're just stationary, then they're crawling, and then they're uh, walking or standing, and then they walk, and then they jog, and then they run, and then they sprint. And I think we saw all of that last year, right? And then how do you handle that that next year and uh, with a lot of expectations? But to win 50 games in a two, in not even a full two years yet, with that group that says so much about them and that's just the that's just the basketball part but what, how they represent themselves on the off the floor and they're just such dependable people and accountable people and they just bleed blue like they love truly love Utah State and so it's been a great relationship and I feel incredibly fortunate to be able to coach these four guys. You turned it around for Abel I mean he's the walk-on guy that's hardly playing at all and all of a sudden, in the middle of the season, you just put him in. That was weird last year. Yeah, I'm not very smart. I probably should have put him in a lot earlier. <laughs> but, yeah, Abel, uh, he's just a winner and um, uh, just has the right attitude. And You know, we did a, a speaking engagement this spring, or the, excuse me, this fall, and him and Justin spoke, and, and that was the one thing Abel really talked about um, to that big group. There was a group of over 100 people and he just said my whole goal, my whole life has always been to show up every day and I want my coaches to know I'm dependable. Like they can rely on me, they can count on me, they know what they're going to get out of me every single day and, uh, and that's what Abel is. You know, he takes a lot of pride in that. Uh, he's a vocal guy, he's a hardworking guy. You know exactly what you're going to get out of him. He's a great teammate and um, and uh, he just shows up every day ready to go. And that's what was really stood out 
um, in practice. That's where we really noticed them was in practice. And certainly we noticed them in games, but really in practice every day it was like, you know, um, just making plays. And after a while, it's like we got—I mean, we got to find a way to get this guy more minutes. And once that opportunity came, and once he was in the starting lineup, he just never looked back. And certainly, people always remember the the game when he shot at New Mexico, and that was I think two days after he had earned his scholarship. And I'll never forget that meeting with him. And that—that's the thing with all these guys. There's just certain things that just stand out about them whether it's how they play or how they conduct themselves, but then personally, certain interactions. And I remember being in the office when he, when we awarded him the scholarship or when I told him he was going to be on scholarship. And it was just like a dream come true. That's, well, that's all he's ever wanted was just to, you know, because I think it felt like he belonged. He knew he belonged, but I think that was just that extra, you know, Validation. Now, yeah, validation, like I do belong and not being called a walk-on. And I've always looked at it like that's a sign of respect. But we never talk about guys as walk-ons in our in our program because if you're on the team, you're on the team because we believe in you. And, and you have a chance and an opportunity to contribute in a major way. And those guys have always done well for us. And Abel's um, has certain, certainly flourished once he truly got that, um, once he got injected into the lineup. Great stuff there from Craig Smith, uh, and he's he has said a lot over the course of the last two seasons about Sam Merrill, but I thought it was really fun to hear him talk a lot about Diogo Brito and a lot about Abel Porter, um, and uh, two guys that we see on the court a lot, um, but this season, but fun to hear him talk about how Abel's Porter or Abel's role kind of uh, expanded a year ago and then the type of player that he's continued to be for Utah State. Great stuff there from Craig Smith. Yeah, it's really fun. And, like, you could tell, so everyone kind of like, oh, it's a show, you know, he's not going to get him. He actually was looking at the ground and, like, trying to just make sure he catches himself so he doesn't start, so he doesn't lose it. I mean, he's thinking about it. Look, like I said, you look at where, you know, Roche had those two that, that bad injury, and for him to be able to come back and be allowed to be a part of the team, uh, and and finish off his time at Utah State the right way. Credit to uh, Coach Smith and his staff for doing so. Uh, you look at Abel Porter. I mean, look, we've told it a billion times, but we can tell it again. A walk-on who wasn't getting any minutes went to a starter playing in meaningful games, who led the team to a Mountain West Conference championship. And is now still in that position. He's held serve of it as the point guard of the Utah State Aggies. And, again, they're in the thick of it, honestly, for another Mountain West Conference Tournament Championship. Uh, and, and that says a whole lot. And that just it just excites you. And, of course, Diogo Brito and, um, and everything he's meant to the program. And, by the way, that kid academically has been a stud. Academically, he's been incredible. Um, and that, that says even more than it does him being a basketball player. So... Yeah, it's exciting and um, good stuff from Craig. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll have a box of tissues near the two cups that he has and for pregame. Um, and I don't blame him. <laughs> so it'll be a fun. Hopefully we can have a good crowd out tonight. You know, someone tweeted out something um, and tagged both you and I in that tweet too uh, in saying if you, don't, if you have tickets and are not going to the game, give them to somebody who will go. Don't let those tickets go to waste. Good point. If you're not going to yeah. go and you have tickets, go give them to somebody. Say, hey, are you do? would you like to go to the game? Yes. Here are these two tickets. Go. 
Um, do not let those go to waste. I'm kind of sick of seeing that from season ticket holders. A little bit too much laziness of, oh, you know, I don't have to go tonight. I have tickets, but I'm not going to go. I'm not going to use them. I'm not going to give them to anybody else because I don't want to. Whatever the situation is. A lot of laziness, and I'm getting really sick of it. <laughs> well, just find somebody to go. It's going to be a great night to honor those guys. Um, it, we're not. No one's begging you to stay for the whole game. No. I mean, we'll be up by 20 by the end of the half, and you can go home. <laughs> uh, we certainly hope so. Uh, so anyway, big game tonight for Utah State. Utah uh, State taking on San Jose State. Last time these two teams met, way back on December 4th, the early in the strange 2019-20 um, scheduling that is the Mountain West Conference this year. But um, started the season out, uh, conference schedule uh, against San Jose and near the end against San Jose. A lot's happened between now and then. Um and so we'll see how this all plays out. They do have some players to watch out for. Um, you know, that uh, Seneca uh, yeah, Williams. Yeah, Knight. Is it Seneca Williams? Seneca Knight. Seneca Knight um, is, uh, yeah, big player. He's averaging a lot of points lately. They haven't won a lot of games lately. <laughs> in fact, they've lost a ton. Um, they're in the middle of a seven-game losing streak. <laughs> in fact, they've lost... Uh, 10 of their last 11, but uh, they played Colorado State pretty close. So, And they played Air Force pretty close. They played Fresno pretty close. So this is a team that can hang around with you if you let them. So Utah State defense, I think that's got to be the real key, uh, to, which is where has been dialed in lately on how they're playing uh, defensively. Uh, take things away from them. Uh, really clamp down. Don't give them space. And uh, take care of business. So... I like Utah State's chances in this one. They are favored by 22-and-a-half. I think Utah State covers. Yeah, they cover. And I don't know if there's any uh, withdrawal from the emotional high of honoring the seniors and the the graduates. I don't think there's anything like that. I think they come out with hair on fire, ready to go, ready to play. Let's put this baby away so we can get Roche his minutes that he does deserve. Great point. Let's, Let's show out in our last game in the spectrum. And let's let Sam score 50 with 60 shots. Whatever you do, <laughs> Sam, you get selfish and take as many as you need to get where you want to go. Uh, there you go. All right, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, the stat that blew our minds and who's our player of the week? Who individually stood out and what their accomplish- accomplishments were on the, the field of play, <clears throat> on the court, in the gym, whatever. We'll talk about that coming up next to the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Utah State taking on San Jose State tonight. You can watch it on ESPN2 after you go there for the start of the game, right? Go there yeah. for the start of the game. Watch the first half. We win by 30. Then, yeah, go there for the first half. Then head home. Celebrate the seniors. You're going to miss getting autographs with Sam Merrill, though. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Stick around. Uh, so, anyway, the game starts at 9. You can watch it on ESPN2. Our good friends over at our sister station, KVNU, they'll be doing pregame coverage starting at 8, a full one-hour pregame. And they'll be staying up late. They'll do a, pre, a postgame. 
and to take your your phone calls and, and your comments uh, and uh, break it down. You'll hear from the coach and players after the game as well. So stick around for that on KVNU uh, later on this evening. But uh, Ajay, let's let's shift gears for a moment. Let's talk about the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. I love it. Where do you want to start first? Uh, let's do stat. Okay. What are we? What are we listening to, Ajay? Why did you? What is this music that you picked for the stat? I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Get that damn grin off your face and turn off that music right now. That is unacceptable. What in the world was that, Eric Franson? <laughs> that was weird, AJ. You are on drugs. No, don't. No. 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 Oh. I'm supposed to get that out of my head now. Oh, that's horrible. Good for you, Eric. What? The, that's your music. No, you picked it is, that. You requested that. I did not request that. Here's my intro for when we get into stat that blew my mind. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. The music was blowing my mind. Yeah, music was worse than my singing voice. That's saying that's something. That's saying something. All right, what's your stat? All right, so my stat. Uh, Kobe Bryant last night, uh, or yesterday, had that big memorial service. Then the Lakers and Celtics uh, had a game. Uh, Jason Tatum is the first player to score 40 points in a Lakers-Celtics rivalry since Kobe Bryant in 2011 in January. Anthony Davis became the first Laker to have 30-10 in a season, or excuse me, in 10 games in a season since Kobe did it in 07-08. He had 11. Lakers win that game 114-112. Shades of Kobe! There were more shades of Kobe over the last few games, too. Bradley Beal scored 40-plus in back-to-back games. First player to do that since Kobe Kobe Bryant. It's true. All right, stat that blew my mind. Uh, It was a crazy weekend in college basketball. Mm. We had three teams with these huge, long winning streaks. Uh, San Diego State, 26 in a row. Baylor had 23 in a row. Gonzaga had 19 in a row. They all lost on Saturday. And that's the first time in 50 years in which three teams with winning streaks of at least 19 games all lost on the same day. Wow. Didn't really affect their standings too much, but still crazy that that all three of them lost. Yeah, that is mind-boggling. Happens. It just... I mean, crazy Saturdays happen in football and in basketball at least once a year. Hey, my player of the week, of course, is Bradley Bill. As you Son of a... What in the world? What are you... T- are you saying that this segment is a circus? Is that what you're trying to point out? <laughs> this you- segment is a circus? <laughs> it's your music. That's not my music. I had better music queued up and you wouldn't play it. So shame on you for picking worse music and chasing away our great listeners. I'm sorry, listeners. 
You know what? They'd rather hear my Captain Craig Smith tweet of the day. No. Well, you placed. We put on some middle middle of the music for no, me. Really I can't quick. find it. Why? Yes, you can. Just go go to that same site you're on and do it. Who's Yo, your player of the week? Bradley Bill is the first player to score 50 points on consecutive days since Kobe Bryant did it on uh, nights of back to back in March of 2007. I think he had like four straight uh, 50 uh, 50 point games. Uh, but he's the fourth player in NBA history to score 50 points in a loss in consecutive games. The other, Will Chamberlain, James Harden, and Devin Booker. Uh, Bradley Bill, Washington is wasting away his prime years without regard. It's amazing. I feel bad for the guy. It's really sad. Jazz will be playing the Wizards later this week. Lord help us. Early next week. All right, my player of the week is Tyson Fury. Heavyweight champion, uh, boxing match over the weekend. He's the second heaviest fighter since 1962 to win a heavyweight title. Uh, but he's also he's the first fighter to end two reigns of 10-plus title defenses. Uh, Klitschko was defending uh, his uh, 19th when he beat him back in 2015. And uh, Wilder um, had uh, won 10 in a row. Um, or was it 11? Uh, anyway, uh, going into this uh, match this weekend. You know, that Fury-Wilder fight, just what a beating. <laughs> Fury just came out there and, and took control in the first round midway through and just never let up. And, and I mean, he, he, he used his combos really well. The, the right-hander that he threw, that I think, connected to the jaw of, of, uh, of Wilder. I mean, you could hear it loud. It just echoed, and that's and that's what you kind of expected to see from Fury. Is it's just a more aggressive attack, and that's what he gave. And what a beating that was! Oh man, heavyweight boxing has really kind of gone by the wayside in the public consciousness. Yeah, I would for agree. quite a while. Does I'd this agree. help spark it? Sure, yeah. Bring it back, and I know that uh, that Wilder is confirming he wants a trilogy, so he wants match number three. Um, and he's blaming his gear that he took. To the yeah, that him. silly suit that he wore, saying <laughs> it was so heavy it drained the energy from his legs. Uh, it's only your fault, buddy. Fancy suit. Just, just wear the cape and come out and box. I could have masks and big boots and all this drama. Whatever. It's all about the art of intimidation, I guess. It works. It works. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's what they do and it's what they're, it's what they're good at. And it's crazy that that first fight, I mean, Furry even got up in the first place when he took that just lethal left hand, uh, right to the, uh, the left side of his right side of his face and, and went down hard. It was crazy that he could get up on the count of eight and then, uh, and salvage draw out of it, but then turn around and just pommel. Wilder, the way he did, is is just amazing to me. And I, you know, I'd be a good boxer against in the uh, in the midget league. <laughs> I would be. <laughs> I don't think you can say that word these days. And, okay, in the M league, in the M M&M and M league. All right. 
M&D League. Coming up next, we have Full Court Press. Uh, what's on the docket tonight and a teaser for what's uh, coming up tomorrow here in the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan. Major League Baseball spring training has gotten underway. Some teams just kind of easing into it. And yesterday was the first game for the Astros where regular starters took to the plate and had their first at-bats. It didn't go great. Jose Altuve was hit by a pitch, though it was more inadvertent. didn't seem to be directed towards him. But there were some unhappy fans. Yesterday, when uh, Houston Astros, uh, some significant players of that team, took their first at-bats. Astros second baseman Jose Altuve was loudly booed when introduced. Did he notice? Not really, not thing in specific. No, we just heard a lot of noise. There were cheers when Altuve struck out and was called a cheater by several fans. Infielder Alex Bregman. Just happy to play the game with my teammates. Manager Dusty Baker. Yeah, well, you know it's going to happen, so every day... (laughs) In his words, Tigers manager Ron Gardenhire says the Astros are going to have to wear it for a while until it moves on. Chuck Sievertson, ABC Sports. How, how long does this go? Oh, it's going 162. Every team has it dies a down at some them. point. Yeah, probably. I mean, when it, when baseball starts to matter, the dog August, days of summer. Yeah, you're looking at August, September. Probably it stops, right? But like, I'm telling you, March. April, May, when every team gets a lick at them, Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox. Right, whenever they visit a Nationals, city for the first time, they're going to hear it. Nationals don't even care. They're like, dude, you cheat, we still beat you, so who gives? But every but every other team wants a piece of them. And, and do you know what? Every pitcher, Eric, here's the key. Not just every team wants a piece of the Astros. You're talking about every starting pitcher. Kershaw. Rich not Hill, just the starters. They did it to yeah. They have relievers. relievers. Uh, they, they were doing it all through the game. Uh, you've got you got Royals the players who are upset. You've got Angel players who are livid. You've got Yankee players who are livid. You got Red Sox players who are livid. I mean, Pedal me uh, Pedal was a kettle me pot there. But uh, I, Orioles are upset. There's a list, Eric, and it's going to be coming and it's become for a while. So they say, oh, you know, we'll have to wait for it to die off. It's gonna be a while. It's gonna take a while. I agree. All right, uh, yeah, because <laughs> it's going to take them a while to cycle through every, everywhere. So they're going to hear about it wherever they go. When it's the first time that they show up in your arena, you're going to let them hear it. No questions. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to take a while. Uh, we've got some interesting games in the NBA tonight. Lakers-Pelicans, LeBron versus Zion should be an interesting one. Tomorrow we'll break it down what happened with the Utah State Aggies. Have a great night, everybody.